Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. Today, my guest is Blair Upton, General Manager of Vancouver GM dealership Duick downtown. Duick has three dealerships in Metro Vancouver and has been a big believer and supporter of GM's electrified vehicles for the past decade, first with the plug-in hybrid Chevrolet Volt and now with the all-electric Chevrolet Bolt. I know you'll find Blair's candid comments about the challenges facing a dealership and selling electric vehicles very interesting, along with how his staff has responded and adapted to those challenges. We'll also get his thoughts on how provincial governments are approaching mandates for new EV sales in relation to gasoline-powered new vehicles. But first, if you don't subscribe to Electric Autonomy Canada's newsletter, you should. It's an independent online news and event forum with a focus on our country's transition to electric, autonomous, and on-demand mobility. And while it does delve deep into EV technology, what I really like about it is its coverage of the policies concerning our ongoing adoption of electric vehicles. As you'll hear in a few minutes during my talk with Blair Upton, these policies are just as important as the newest cutting-edge electric vehicles. And if policymakers in all three levels of government don't work together with utility companies in the private sector, the EV revolution I often refer to will stall. A great example of the excellent and up-to-date information found in the newsletter is a recent post about EV sales in Canada for the third quarter of 2019. According to Electric Autonomy Canada data, zero-emission vehicles made up 3.5% of all passenger vehicles sold in Canada. So, more than 16,000 ZE EVs between July and September of this year. That might sound like a pretty respectable number, but it's down more than 17% from the second quarter. There is good news, however, as this year's third quarter numbers are up 25% over the same period last year. Not surprisingly, the story notes, market penetration is greatest in British Columbia, where 1 in 10 vehicles sold during that time was a ZEV, and in Quebec, where the market share is twice the national average at 7%. What I like about the newsletter is that this story is fleshed out with well-researched and compelling information about the why behind these numbers. In this case, how the recently installed federal EV incentive program was offset by a weaker overall sales climate, but also by the biggest issue, in my opinion, hurting EV sales, and that's a supply shortage. Waiting lists abound at a number of dealerships in Canada, and until that gets sorted out, it's going to be difficult to move the needle. Anecdotally, I've heard of many prospective EV buyers purchasing a hybrid or gas-powered new vehicle simply due to these wait lists, some of them stretching to six months and more. There's also a very good story by Maxime Charon about public charging stations, specifically how the fast charging ones in Canada are already falling behind the capabilities of new electric vehicles. The current high-speed stations, known as Direct Current Fast Charging, or DCFC, provide a charging rate of 50 kilowatts. That was fine for first-gen electric vehicles, but today's new EVs are capable of accepting a charge rate of 75 kilowatts to 150 kilowatts, and some even beyond that. As such, new chargers with similar output are available. These units refer to as High Power Chargers, or HPC. Plug your new EV into an HPC and your charging time can be 20 minutes or less. Charon writes that the only HPC in Canada is one recently installed in Ontario by Electrify Canada. A really interesting read, and again, one that covers not just the superficial aspects of the issue of public chargers, but brings in a lot of background information and enlightening details to the issue. If this is the kind of stuff that interests you, I highly recommend you checking out electricautonomy.ca. Okay, now on to my talk with Blair. (laughs) 
So my guest today is Blair Upton. Blair is the Vice President and General Manager, Duick Downtown here in Vancouver. In that capacity, he is responsible for the operation of the entire dealership. He's been with GM for 32 years and during that time has had 15 different jobs, beginning as an entry-level distribution clerk. He is also a senior associate with the Marcus Group, which specializes in the automotive industry, offering a variety of services, executive recruitment, career placement, project and process management, outplacement, staff coaching, and mentoring. Welcome, Blair. Pleasure to be here. So I always start this uh, question off for every guest is, what's the first EV you ever drove? Oh. First all-electric. The uh, the very first uh, was a Volt. I was in Palm Springs, General Motors. Uh, I was a general manager here in Vancouver. I uh, had not yet brought the Volt to Canada. And uh, I was in getting an oil change at a Chevrolet dealership. And on a Saturday morning, blue jeans, T-shirt, baseball hat, couple days of growth on my face. And um, all of a sudden, the dealer drives up in this brand new Volt, first one I'd ever seen live and in person, and uh, I went and introduced myself, told him who I was, what I did, and I said, just asked him, so what do you think of the car? And he said, well, I'm just going into a meeting. He said, here's the keys to my car. I'm going to be out in about an hour. Why don't you come back, and we'll have a chat then. So I had a chance to do an hour-long test drive in a car that this guy didn't know me from Adam, other than what I told him uh, previously, and and it, it was phenomenal. I drove an electric car, but I've, I've asked others the same. It, you know, what's the difference? And for me, it was, there's some, I, I can't explain it. There was something different, and it took me a couple minutes to figure out it was silence. It was the noise, the, the lack of road noise was, was simply, you, you can't explain it right. the first time you do it. Yeah, for, for me, the first time I experienced that, it, you kind of feel like you've jumped into the future. Mm-hmm. You've kind of just, you know jumped into the future and it's kind of like every time you get in a car with a gas engine now it seems so intrusive well the other part is you start looking around for what else is different so the gauges are different the input coming from the vehicle was was uh, unique so yeah you know i pulled over to the side of the road and stopped and because we hadn't seen it we hadn't done any product training on the vehicle right. yet the dealer didn't show me anything so it was a matter of self-discovery it, it was a really good afternoon or a good morning rather on uh on the day I got to drive the car. So right. so as a sales guy, did you come away from that thinking, I can't wait to get these up in Vancouver? That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. We were we were about six months away. We knew the car was coming to Canada. We were about six months away from getting it. And and it in a lot of ways, it kind of said in my mind the things, after I spoke with him as well, what are the things you've done that you found successful in bringing it to your sales managers and your customers about how you market the car? Well, that actually comes to my second question, which is the challenges of electric vehicles from a from a dealership point of view. Yeah. I mean, there seem to be probably every department has a challenge from sales to service to marketing. How have you approached that? Good question. The, the, um, the old comment about in the car business and probably other industries as well has everything to do with it all starts with the sale of a car. So in the sales department, it was when you had volts, it was... It, and, and now with Bolt EVs, it's, okay, how, do you, how are you going to stock them? You know, it's which spec do you think the customers are going to want? Right. And, and they, at the time, only had two versions. Right. Many different colors, additional options, but, you know, a base model and a luxury model. So how do you know which one's going to sell most? So you roll the dice and you go, 
well, let's start off 50-50. You know, let's be, <laughs> right, right. let's be conservative and do that. Yeah. And then which colors do we like the best? That's how you order them the first time. And then you track what, what sells fastest. You know, the parts department, there's not many accessories when the first cars come out. So that's not really a big deal. And then the question becomes as well, it doesn't have an engine, so we're not going to have oil changes. Um, so what kind of service work are these cars going to bring us in the early ownership and then later ownership? And we're still trying to figure that one out because, right. you know, these cars, and I assume our competitors build good cars too. I, I, I know they do. So I assume our, our competition is in a similar case trying to figure out, you know, what's it going to mean to my service department this year, next year, five years from now? 10 years from now, right. it, it's going to change. It's definitely going to change. Yeah. And for dealerships, service is a part of the revenue equation. It's a big, a big part, part. A big part of the revenue equation. So is this a scary thing then, the, the ons- onslaught of EVs, or not the onslaught, but the coming EV models in that you're looking at less service, obviously, less transmissions, less brakes, all that kind of stuff? Well, I think if you kind of look at it, it, you could look at it that way if you chose to. The other way to look at it is, okay, new car dealers don't get 100% of the service work on a vehicle. They must pretty well get it while the warranty's on. They do while the warranty's on. Right, but, but after three years or whatever. You know, the, the customer, they, they go somewhere else. Yeah. So, so the opportunity is there. So what you have to take a different flexible perspective on this is what can we do to change the consumer's perspective of what we're doing and providing them tremendous customer service that there's no place they'd rather go than come back and see us. So it's it's working on those those little day-to-day executional things that you know you you make people make human. They make mistakes. They they don't do everything a hundred percent, but if you can keep ratcheting up the work that you do do and yeah. you keep talking to your customers and and interviewing them to make sure that they're happy and satisfied with what you do, um, we, we believe we'll win that in the long run. Obviously, a lot of people are familiar with the Volt, which is the plug-in hybrid, but then you've also got the Bolt, which is now in its kind of second update, 2020 yeah. just came out. That's a full electric vehicle. The full electric vehicle, the new 2020, uh, you know, has capability of going over 410 kilometers between charges. And, and that's kind of misleading um, in, a, in a, a good way because that's a limiting number. You know, I, I drive the car not on a day-to-day basis, but I do, I do have a chance to go to, you know, we have three stores uh, here in the city, and I have a chance to go to the different stores during the day. So, you know, from time to time, I'll take a Bolt EV and, and – um, and do a test drive on it. And recently, I, I had a drive between our store on Terminal Avenue and the Marine Drive store, and I, I started out with uh, 272 kilometers of range on the car. And when I got back, I had 297 kilometers of range. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, the first question goes, well, how the heck do you do that? How is that well, possible? Yeah. It's the regenerative braking system right. that the car has. Instead of using the brake with your foot, which we've all been trained to do, there's a little paddle on the steering wheel that if you, you know, are coming to a light and you're slowing down and you're braking using the, the regenerative, it, it puts power back in the battery. And, yeah. and so that 410 can grow to something quite different in a, in a very positive way. And, yeah. and it's, you know, it's that flexibility and learning how to manage your own personal comfort level with change. You know, the customer has to learn that. 
The salesperson has to learn that. The sales managers have to learn that, that there's all kinds of opportunities within the electrical cars that we don't think of. That's right. Until you jump in yeah. and see what's going on. I, don't, I think we're close to past the early adopter stage of EVs. One of the reasons I, I got the idea to start this podcast is there's so many people would come up to me and say, my next car is going to be an electric vehicle. Yeah. And they didn't even really know what they were saying. Probably in the early days or three years ago when the Bolt came out, anybody who came in to buy that car already knew everything about it. They were like into it. They were tech heads. They were whatever. They had researched it. They knew exactly what was going on. Now I bet you're starting to get people, like I say, come in who've had, you know, a small economy GM car and suddenly now they want to bolt. How have you trained your sales people to take that on? Yeah, it's it's um, it's probably the most important thing. But, you know, the consumers have changed even more dramatic, as you described. The very first ones were people who wanted to be recognized in their community as green. They didn't necessarily know the car. They didn't necessarily done the research. Okay, interesting. But, but they were the ones who wanted in their community you know, for their next door neighbor to say, oh, you're driving an electric car. You're, right. You're at the you know, forefront of, uh, of the change, climate, of as you said earlier. Technology yeah, and everything right, else. Right. And then the next group that came in were the people that were also interested in having um, an environmental presence. But but they were the ones who had done all the research. Uh, they were the ones who knew the car as well as anybody in the store. Um, and, and then it evolved to people who wanted to make a difference uh, in an environment, but at the same time, they wanted to save gas. Right. And as the price of gas has continued to do what it's done until just recently, um, they, they were asking an awful lot about, okay, what can I save on a monthly basis? Right. Operating costs. Operating costs. Right. Um, how can I reduce my gas consumption to be able to put that money to better use somewhere else? Right. Our learnings from that dealer in um, California was... Um, the first thing you should do after you've decided what what quantity and what type of product you want for your inventory is find out everything you can about the car and train your salespeople continually until they know that product as well as they know your best-selling gas product. And that's where we've really tried in our stores, the, our three stores, we really tried to uh, emphasize that is that, okay, guys, you know, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, making sure you, you understand what the car is capable of, making sure you understand the technology in the car, making sure you can talk about the difference in technology between this car and a gas car, the difference between the base car and the upscale car. And then when Bolt EV came along, again, the same thing, only right. comparing the Volt with the Bolt EV, what the differences are between the two. So training was was the biggest difference we saw on the sales floor and right. now they can they can, they're pretty darn good they can talk to almost everyone except the, the exceptional keeners who've already you know <laughs> right. they've, they've the spent, electrical engineers <laughs> they've spent all their time uh knowing all the technology that's in the electric vehicle today's ev podcast is sponsored by motorino electric scooters electric motorcycles and electric bicycles Drop by the Vancouver store on West 2nd and test drive the Super Soko TC EV motorcycle, a bike that is the most popular electric motorcycle in Europe. What is distinctive about the Super Soko TC model is it incorporates a blend between the beautiful classic design and the latest technology innovations relating to the battery, motor, and controller. 
Combined with a well-engineered body, the TC is the perfect piece of urban transportation that brings a smile on your face the moment you twist the throttle. You can see it in the Motorino showroom or check it out at motorino.ca. One thing I've noticed, I mean, when you drive by your dealerships is the Bolt is front and center. Absolutely. I mean, it's right out there. And that's interesting because some dealers have kind of, I won't say hidden their EVs, but they're, you know, they've still got the big SUVs or the big trucks up front. Not that you guys don't to some degree, but sure. the Bolt, I always see Bolts in your, your dealership. Yeah. And, and that even speaks to a point that people can come in and get a Bolt, whereas a lot of the other EVs from other manufacturers, you're waiting a long time. We have good inventory of, of Bolt EVs on ground today. Um, we've got an exceptional volume coming at us that'll be here uh, in mid-December. And of course, all of that's planned so that we've got exceptional product on ground for when the Scrap It program, we hope, comes back in January. Um, so we'll be in really good shape. And, and you know, we we don't focus just at the new cars. We, we have a, a very good inventory of used electric cars of all brands, um, you know, across the board uh, in our three stores as well. So it, it, it works out really well for us, quite frankly. I mean, when you go to, let's say, national GM dealer talks, are EVs a big talking point? Well, let me, let me ask you a question for a change, okay? <laughs> sure, absolutely. So yeah, in, in your knowledge, and, and you're one of the knowledgeable guys in the in the car business, you know, what's the national volume of new vehicle sales of electric vehicles across the country? I w- I, I'm, I'm saying maybe 2%. You're, I don't know. You're, you're real close. So that that would be just on the high side. Okay. Okay. In the city of Vancouver, we have nine General Motors dealers. What do you think we would sell new car percentage 2018 calendar year? Of EVs. Of EVs. Including Volt? Including Volts and Volt EVs. 8%? 7.5. Really good. All right. Okay. Now, at our store, uh, because of where we are, Urban or very urban downtown. Downtown. Yeah. Last year we did just over twenty percent of wow. electric cars. Wow. New cars were electric, and we're pretty close to that same percentage in used cars as well. So to answer your question, it really depends on where that dealer is. Right. You know, the dealers in Calgary have a different point of view than the dealers in Vancouver. The dealer in Kamloops would have a different point of view than the dealers here. The dealers in Montreal, their perspective and our perspective yeah. is pretty similar. And the Toronto dealers, their perspective, if they had the credits that we had, that they used to have, would be very similar to ours as well. It's a, it's an important talking point. And, and it's, it's not just about what's here today. It's, you know, we're car guys. We, we, it's all about the product. It's all about what we have today. And okay, GM, what, what are we going to have tomorrow? Well, before we, we did this interview, you and I were just talking and, and I talked about my, uh, disappointment that the Volt had been cancelled, the Volt with a V. Um, I thought it was one of the, you know, it was ahead of its time when it came out, the plug-in hybrid idea, um, the way it was done. And uh, it just seemed to me a natural that one day that powertrain would migrate into a, a CUV, a crossover, which is obviously a big segment with consumers. You intimated that you kind of felt the same way. Yeah, ditto. Like everything you said, I totally agree with. If you had that car today in a small SUV, it it would still be um, some of that technology is still better than any of the technology our competitors have. You know, a water cooled battery is is something that is 
doesn't exist anywhere else. So, right. you know, a, a little bit of patience hoping that General Motors brings the technology back in something else. Yeah. Well, you would think they will just because electrification is you go to any car show, you talk to any OEM, that's what's on their mind is is getting more electrification. Well, Mary Barra from GM uh, says that by the year 2023, there'll be 23 different electric vehicles in the GM Electrified. Electrified. So it could mild hybrid all the way to full EVs. It could be volts. It could be bolts. It could be something else. Um, but we, which is which is a great comment from a public relations point of view. But from a dealer point of view, that doesn't tell me what I'm going to have to sell in Canada and in Vancouver. Right. You know, I don't know where those 23 are going to be sold. Many of them quite likely will be sold elsewhere in the world that we don't have access to. Well, I just read recently that China is getting a electrified GM crossover. Don't know. <laughs> right. We haven't been you told. Can't, you can't speak about future product. I've heard well, that line before. No, it's 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 not that we can't. We don't know. It's, it's not on your radar. They they, they, they don't uh, they don't chat with us. It's not your that. market. Right. So, well, so even even if it was, they don't until yeah. it's announced publicly, they right. don't talk to the dealers about that stuff. This kind of segues into this question, which is um, one I touched upon recently with um, the Toyota Canada Vice President, Stephen Beattie, and that is this kind of rush to create a quota system of sales by some provincial government saying by 2030, for example, 20% of a brand's vehicles have to be EVs. Is that logical to you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it doesn't scare me um, it, because I'm at the end of the line. The end of the the end of the production line. I'm, right. I'm the guy that's going to going to uh, sell whatever they've they've got. Right. Fair enough. It should scare the daylights out of um, anybody in a manufacturer's role who is trying to decide future product planning. Because it's uncertain. It, it's it's totally uncertain because you know it, as you've seen in all of the state governments in the U.S., the federal government in the U.S., even in Canada, as they change the rules around fuel economy. It's kind of like the stock market. It goes up and down. It changes daily, yeah. maybe weekly as and, to what and, they're going to do. And a new administration comes in and changes it back. They can change whatever they choose. Right. The, the bigger part, I think, in, in all of that is trying to get away from the politics of the future. Let's start. The politics of today is it doesn't matter which government it is, federal, provincial, U.S., state. You know, the, their role – as much as they tell us they're trying to take care of us, is their role is to get reelected. So they're they're telling us what they think they're going to do and hoping that that's acceptable to the public so that they get reelected. And, you know, we've heard the 2020, the 2030 here in B.C., but, you know, the, the bigger picture isn't just what you're telling us about what you want the car manufacturers to do because they they will go along with that. Think of it in a in a slightly different role in, in a couple different situations. So who's investing in the infrastructure that we're going to be able to support 75% of all of the automobiles, cars, and trucks being electrified or 100%? You know, we, we've seen, you know, nice movements um, from an oil company, PetroCanada, who's now got charging stations, quick charging stations going across the country. But that whole industry has to do that if if we're going to be able to be comfortable as a populace that we're going to drive electric cars whenever we want, wherever we want. And the, and the second part, and maybe the bigger part, is it doesn't matter which government is in power, 
which one of them is going to step up and talk about the infrastructure they need to build that produces electricity from an environmental point of view, whether right. it's hydro uh, dams. I mean, they're having trouble building one now. You know, are they are they going to put, um, like they have in, in many places, farms of turbines that, that um, control the wind and, yeah. and, and accept that? And, and then solar. I mean, they have solutions, but... Um, you know, they've, they've got to make a decision about what their game plan is, and then they've got to try and figure out how they're going to pay for it. Because as a taxpayer, you know, there's only so much all of us can absorb. Yeah. So they've got to have a, a revenue stream that figures, if we if we really want that, how are we going to get it? Yeah. When are we going to get it? How are we going to get there? Right. How are we going to pay for it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, automobile manufacturers, here's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not... All on the automobile manufacturers. Yeah, and it's unfair to, to do that simply if the infrastructure is not there, if the power supply isn't there, right. you're going to have a bunch of cars sold just sitting around or not sold, just sitting on your lots. Yeah, exactly. Right? So they're, they're interested in, in putting in a set of rules that if you want to sell cars in our province, you've got to have a percentage of vehicles. It That's only part of the story. Right, right. right. And, they, and they're not talking about the rest of the story. Yeah, so often it's it's sound bites, isn't it? As you say, it's it's getting elected. It's it, what what sounds good. I'm going to ask you one last question. Sure. Um, in your mind, what is going to be the tipping point for EVs? This is always talked about. What have we reached a tipping point? Is it is it a sales number in your mind? Is it when we're at fifty one percent? No, I, I really haven't thought about that at all. Because to me, it's it's. I, I understand why you'd ask the question, but yeah. to me, it, it's it's an ongoing evolution that everybody has to participate in. Um, I think the biggest thing will be what we talked about in the last question, and that's when the government makes up their mind how committed they are to getting there. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example. You know, um, several years ago, the, uh, the provincial government had $5,000 credit, and their budget ran out, and they eliminated it and went to zero. And uh, electric cars were selling quite well. Um, and then all of a sudden, when the dollar went away, the dollars went away, uh, so did the sales. You know, they literally dropped to zero. That's right. I remember. It was literally overnight. Overnight. Yeah. And um, and, and, the, and not just our dealerships, but yeah, all of everybody. the dealerships who had electricity, electric cars, you know, we had, we, we didn't have anyone to sell them to. And the part really came several months later when... I had a chance to talk to um, one of the ministers, and they asked the question, what do we have to do to get electric car sales going? How committed are you to doing it? Because people at that time, and I still believe today, aren't going to do it on their own. Right. They, they need some help in terms of of dollars to see that, you know, that's part of that infrastructure. How right. are we going to get there? The government has to continue along with that. You know, the tipping points when the government's going to step up and make a decision that they're truly committed. Excellent, Blair. Well, I, I think we could have talked for hours, but uh, we're out of time. I really want to thank you for coming in and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you in the future about EVs. They say auto salesmen love to talk, and Blair Upton certainly lives up to that stereotype. That said... I don't know how many salesmen who can speak so well about this industry, particularly in relation to electric vehicles. As I noted at the end of our interview, there certainly seemed like lots more interesting EV territory to cover with Blair, but as we like to keep this podcast to about 30 minutes, we ran out of time. 
I was interested to hear what Blair had to say about a dealership's willingness to sell EVs, as I'm sure you've heard rumors that many dealerships might prefer to push would-be EV buyers into gas-powered vehicles as they require more service through the years. As the dealership business model is based on a substantial portion of its revenue coming from its service department, such a plan would make sense. However, Blair's point that once a new vehicle comes off warranty means it might never show up for service at the dealership again is a good one. And if you think about it, an EV owner might be more inclined to continue to service their vehicle at the dealership as its service department would have the trained staff and EV-specific tools and equipment to fix that vehicle. It would seem we're still a decade or so away from seeing EV mechanic shops popping up on city street corners. I also found Blair's assessment on how automakers alone cannot create a tipping point for the EV revolution is bang on. Without sufficient electric power to charge all those new vehicles, and without federal, provincial, and municipal policies adapting to the many requirements necessary for mass adoption of EVs, there will be a lot of new EVs sitting on dealer lots across the country. All players need to work together to make it happen. It's great to know that there are open-minded and EV-friendly guys like Blair D- It's great to know that there are open-minded and EV-friendly guys like Blair Upton managing dealerships, just as it's good to know he is keen on getting more new GM EV models on the lot. That's it for this episode. Thanks to my guest Blair Upton, producer extraordinaire Dar Makwana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. Be sure to check out next week's episode as I'll be reporting from the 2019 LA Auto Show, where I'll be speaking with our good friend David Booth about new EV debuts, and also with a Jaguar Land Rover executive about that automaker's ambitious EV plans. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your daily dose of automotive news, views, and reviews, be sure to check out driving.ca. Subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.